Hey, it's Jeff from the Sloppy Boys. Uh, Social media has changed a lot, but I have a theory that it's always been with us just in different forms. Like, sure, now we use Facebook and Instagram, but before that, it was just megaphones and bulletin boards. And before that, it was cave drawings, and then way, way back, our very first ancestor, the jellyfish, would share its feelings using an arrangement of amino acids, saying the president sucks or whatever. It's all the same. The important thing is that social media in all its forms has made the world a more connected, more expressive, happier place. Everyone feels great after a good solid day of social media. If you don't, you're just not putting in the time. Two, two, two thousand one hundred. Thank you to Jeff Dutton of the Sloppy Boys, a man that I have never met in person and have only ever met through social media. Yes, today we will be toasting to posting. Welcome to the podcast that I'm hosting. My name is at jpeters2100, formerly known by some as at jpetersTSR in college and at jpeters424 if you knew me in high school. Before that, I went by allstarkid424 on AIM, and you can find me at facebook.com backslash assbags as well. I'm serious. I made it that, and I do not know how to change it. My YouTube channel is just Jason Peters, where I posted uh, a bit of me trying to do this monologue in one take, uh, but then a cat jumped over all my equipment and threw me off my game. And honest to God, there's no reason to do this in one take. It's a podcast. It's not radio. I don't need that skill set. You don't see people writing in cursive anymore. Am I right, people of 2100? Cursive is dead. Cursive is dead. (laughs) My YouTube channel is just Jason Peters, much like my given name, and if you'd like to find works adjacent to Jason, I suggest that you go to jasonadjacent.com. See, as a writer and producer, I'm a professional hoster and poster. First I host, then I post. Back in the day, before 1994, before GeoCities, Classmates, Six Degrees, Open Diary, Live Journal, Rise, Friendster, LinkedIn, MySpace, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or Instagram... There was little to no way for the average person to develop a platform. In the days of old, you needed to be co-signed by a media company, approved by some vague upper class and upper management. Now, in the days of the internet, anyone can have a voice, whether you are a mentally ill 24-year-old attempting to speak to the future, or a far-right Nazi trying to reach an audience to start a revolution, or you are a confused 20-year-old that decides to start doing porn. 
You can be a plain old idiot that just wants to tweet about how much you don't like traffic, or harass Ben Shapiro about everything he says online. There are no rules on the internet. Posting has two definitions from the pre-internet times. In 1682, posting was defined as the act, the act of transferring, transferring an entry, entry or item from a book of original entry to the proper account in a ledger. In 1880, the second definition of posting was appointment to a post or a command. But now, the third definition of posting has changed the way that people interact. 1991's definition of posting, something in parentheses such as an announcement that is posted online. Which is sloppy work by Merriam-Webster including the word in the definition, that's bullshit. Pre-1991, this idea did not exist. Now we live in a world of gender reveals, viral challenges, somber announcements of cancer posted on Facebook, public debate, online discord, retweets, IGTV, YouTube Red, HBO Go, HBO Max, HBO Plus. It doesn't even matter. You don't know how many subscription services HBO has, and it's not your fucking problem. You can become a millionaire showing people your ass, reviewing cosmetic products, or just playing video games. Today, we're going to take a deep dive into the world of posting. To start, I'm going to talk to someone who is in the thick of the posting world. At the time of this interview, the woman I'm talking to, Ashley Goyette, is 20 years old, and she has a massive Instagram following. For example, more people follow Ashley Goyette on Instagram than live in Salt Lake City. She and I used to work at the same bar together, and real quick, we're going to talk to her about what that experience is like, you know, having an audience the size of Salt Lake City, Utah, something, something I very, I very much, much do not have. have. Cheers to posting. First of all, how do you say your last name? Because I, I don't want to butcher it. Goyette. Yeah, I wasn't going to say it like that. Goyette. How are you going to say it? I, well, I was going to say Goyette, but I don't I don't think I would have put it, the flair on it correctly. So your name is Ashley Goyette. You yes. are 20 years old. Yes. Temple student. What are you with the social media <laughs> shit? Because that's the that's context of what we're talking about. Because this, this uh, episode is more or less all about how people communicate in our current times. And I was saying to you when you first pulled up that you have the biggest social media outreach. You have the biggest like following over anyone I know uh, in real life. You are, yeah, you have a big, yeah. So what does it mean? Why do you do it? What is it all about? Because everyone's doing the social media game right now. Everyone's doing all of this stuff. Everyone's got all the platforms. Yeah. But your shit's taken off. Mm. Why and what and how just talk to me about it a little bit okay so what i like what i plan to do with it just what how take us through how okay so honestly i did videos with somebody who was on youtube and they had a pretty large following from there yeah um and i guess people just found me through there um but it's really just taken off in an unexpected way you know a lot of people that have done videos with them haven't even like 
reached No, because I know tons of people that have done tons of stuff, and you hit a landmark today, like yeah. a, a number today. What what did you do today? 200K. Yeah, 200K <laughs> yes. on Instagram. That's crazy. <laughs> or did you? Are you aware that you have uh, more Instagram followers than two of the top 10 nominees for president? Oh, no, I did not Yeah, I did not know that. <laughs> Two of the people running for president, uh, Julian Castro, who worked for Barack Obama for many years, uh, he has like 118, and Amy Klobuchar, who is a beloved senator from Minnesota, 118. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's really crazy. Um, yeah, I really don't know how it happens. It mm. just... It's like every day people just find me. I'm not really sure how they find me um, because I was doing the videos, but I haven't done them in a while. So it's like it's really like a snowball effect. And your numbers just keep going up because I've had that. I've had that. My, my podcast series, this series charted after I was done releasing episodes. Yeah. I stopped releasing episodes in April. The shit was number five in May and June. Yeah. That I had no idea, but it, it feels like once you reach a certain level everything you post kind of gets the same amount of love as the last time but then maybe a little bit more yeah it has really good engagement that's what really trips me out and a lot of people they're always like you broke the instagram algorithm because you know if you look at a lot of people who have a large following they might not even be touching as many likes or like comments or just the engagement is overall it's really so that's crazy. one of the things i want to talk to you about uh comments <laughs> oh, have you seen that? <laughs> no, 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 no. I haven't seen. I barely. I looked oh. in New York comments briefly just to see how many of them. I was gonna do a funny thing with you, where I was gonna read you a comment, and then you were gonna. I was gonna say who said this, and see if you knew who said it. But then I was like, there's 400 fucking comments on one picture. There's no way that would be a stupid waste of time. So I was like, I'll do it with someone else <laughs> who at least knows their followers. Yeah, the comments are a scary place. Yeah, so talk to me about the comments, because a lot of this is about that and the way people speak on the internet. Um, what is the difference between real life, how people treat you in real life, and how people treat you on the internet? Um, it's really weird because real life, you know, I'm a student. I have friends just like everybody else does. I do, like, I live a fairly normal life. Um, but then on Instagram, people will be like, oh, you're my celebrity crush. Like, there's that side where they're like, oh, my God, please celebrity notice me. Celebrity crush? Yeah, no, that really, like, I'm not a celebrity, but <laughs> they say that. Um, what else? They'll always be like, oh, how many likes for you to reply or does she reply? <laughs> like, they act like I'm, I'm an untouchable person when it's like, in reality, I see everything. Um, so that's definitely, it's weird because my friends who know me, like, they'll just comment and be like, oh, like, you look cute. But then everybody else. That just else, gets washed away in yeah. the sea of creeps. Yeah. Or, yeah. Are you on the Explore page? Is that yeah, why? I think that's why, that's how a lot of, you know, big name people have seen me. It's really crazy. You see how everybody is genuinely connected on social media. Like, you can touch anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think, how many, uh... How many people do you think DM you a day? A d 
a day um <laughs> at least a couple You're hundred fake. yeah at least no it's a lot the message requests are a scary place because same thing with the comments a lot of them i feel like they try to say the most outrageous thing to get a reply um so some of them are really out of pocket <laughs> is that shit ever like taxing does uh, it ever like bother you um not really because i understand you know what i mean what comes with it so i just kind of ignore it just brush it off but there are times where it gets creepy oh well yeah i guarantee especially with dudes and like but it's kind of probably kind of comforting because the you know more people follow you than are like in whole states no like more than like if you filled the eagles stadium like (laughs) three four times that's how many people see like your pic do you know your most likes on any picture or any yeah my my one picture from the explore page has touched more than a million accounts and it has almost last time i checked a couple weeks ago had like eighty thousand likes <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy to think like a million people like i can't even grasp the concept do you think there's ever been a time where people interacted like this no i don't think so at all because this is just such a large large scale of people do you think what you're doing is normal um, no. No, I really don't because it still, like, surprises me. It's very shocking. Um, when I see everything, it's just, like... What What has it added to your life? Um, it's made me more aware of what I do um, because I can walk outside. I've There's been a time where, you know, I didn't post my outfit or, like, no pictures, nothing. And I've had somebody DM me and be like, I just seen you. You were wearing this. And it described it head to toe of somebody who wasn't even a Temple student. Yeah. And so it was very, like, you know, when did they see me? Where did they see me? That's going to be uncomfortable. That's what I say. You got, like, more than... There's more people that follow you than live in, like, probably, like, Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but at least not all of them are in Philly. Yeah. So they can't, like, I don't know, like, bother you, bother you. Yeah, but it's, there are people on campus who, you know, there are people on campus who know me, who know of me and have known of me, but other people who know me now from social media, which is a very weird uh, dynamic. So it's, it's all very uncomfortable, that clout shit. Yeah, no, it really is. It, <laughs> it really is. No, um, a lot of this, all, um, this episode that I wanted to talk to you about specifically for is about how, like, once you get into, like, the office world... And, like, the job corporate world, there's a certain way that people talk, like, certain mannerisms. And there's, like, that everywhere. It's like that when you go home, you speak a certain way than with your friends. And in class, you speak a certain way. What do you think the difference is between, like, what's acceptable to say in a classroom or in an office and the things people say online? Um, I feel like online is very... You know, you can make it how you want. It's your platform, so you can choose to say really whatever. Um, I choose to keep it as professional as possible because you never know who is watching. Um, I just signed a contract, and they had been following my page for a while, and I wasn't sure. Um, so that was something. It's like now I'm. I treat it as like an office type setting. I mm-hmm. treat it as very. You know, I I watch what I say. So you're functioning people. as a business, whereas the people in your animal in your comments act yeah. like animals. <laughs> yeah, those people I don't acknowledge. <laughs> no, I understand that completely. Um, and coincidentally, I have another episode called. Uh, so back to the DM thing. <laughs> I have another episode called Left on Red. <laughs> which is all about these two concepts. Uh, you can't... There's Left on red means two things depending on who you're talking to generationally. Yeah. Like when I say left on red, what does that mean to you? 
Um, if it's generationally for me, left on red would be like I've been dubbed. Like I was, <laughs> like, I was just like brushed off. Like didn't, you know. Okay, so if I were to ask my dad what left on red meant. <laughs> He would say it's making a legal left turn on, on the red light. <laughs> yeah, isn't that like yeah. funny? No, so I'm doing a little episode on that. But like uh, the reason you'd respond that way is because you grew up with text messaging. Yeah. My dad did not, obviously. Um, talk. So you said previously that you got, you get about 100 DMs a day. Yeah, probably. So you leave about 100 dudes. <laughs> On red about a day. See, the thing is, they go into my message request. So unless I accept it, they can't. They're not even sure I've ever even seen it. Okay. So. Yeah, but they know. Yeah, they. I mean, they could, but they're a lot of them. DM me. They'll preface it and they'll say, see? "I'm not sure if you ever see this." But. <laughs> <laughs> like you're like the president. <laughs> no, it's weird. It's weird. Um. Fuck. So. All right. <laughs> all right. I forgot what you were gonna say. Okay, so I guess you are like one of the few few times where I empathize completely with the person leaving someone <laughs> on red because I would I don't do that. I'm never throwing. I don't. That's I guess that's the, the the small age gap between us is that I'm 24, you're 20. Is that I would never like shoot like shoot a DM at like a person with 200,000 yeah. followers. I would never do that. That's crazy to me. So when I think of left on red, I think of like someone I know and have like get getting actually dubbed yeah. like in real life <laughs> so you're one of the few people leaving people on red for like your own sanity no yeah i could never go through all the dms i try to go through the comments just so you know to be, be polite yeah be polite <laughs> let people know like i appreciate the support you know everybody who like follows oh me you're leaving people on red in the comments well no but there's no way i can't respond <laughs> to every time i've tried to go even like everybody's comment instagram disables it like, if you do too much of one action, it'll block it. Because it thinks it's, like, spamming yeah, or something? Yeah, so, like, I can't even go through, you know, 600. Like, there are some pictures that have over 1,000 comments. Oh, that influencer life. You're not leaving <laughs> people on red. It just won't let you. I got you. I got you. Yeah, it's, it's weird. To be left on red is as ambiguous and subjective a thing that has ever existed, which is why I wanted to make sure that the phrase persisted. Specific to our time and society, I wanted to shine a light on when being left on red is wrong and being left on red is right. On the road, making a left on red is perhaps one of the most dangerous things you can do. However, if you're in London or Mumbai, you have the right of way to go left on red. If you're in 2020, scroll through your texts. How many of them ended on your accord? How many of them left you on red? Within cyberspace hangs the unanswered texts, sexts, and requests of each and every one of us. Some of our most vulnerable moments hang in everlasting purgatory. The cover letter for your dream job sits on a server for a hiring manager who was fired mere hours after being impressed by your resume. Somewhere sits the unanswered booty calls from 2015 that you forgot even making just a day later. 
Somewhere sits a farm of unanswered hay messages sent from men both shy and vindictive on Tinder. Here lies the abandoned Farmville games and unread email chains, and there lies the more benign one-word messages like okay and alright that are okay and alright to leave on read. We've all done it, we all do it. It's 2am in South Philly, not a cop or car in sight. I'm interested in getting home at the end of a long night. Racing to bed, I make a left on red. It's 2am in South Philly, my girlfriend, she wants to kill me. Arguing after a long night, I lay my head. She's gonna have to spend the night left on red. It's 2am in South Philly, in bed alone I'm getting chilly. At the end of a long night I send a late night text that ends up left on red. There's no one I ignore more than those bitches at Sally Mae who text me day after day and insist that I pay for the loans I shouldn't have made. If Sally Mae was a person, I wish that she was dead. Instead, I'll just have to leave that bitch on red. In 2020, these words mean so much. By 2100, they'll be completely out of touch. As texts grow slow and self-driving cars are made, there is no telling what will be made of that phrase. Left on red, left on red. So much can be said about being left on red. song. Dylan Hale is a local Levittown and Philadelphia talent. And now I get to talk about something I'm actually well-versed in and have studied media, social media, and media literacy. This is something I'm super passionate about, so I'm going to take a couple minutes to talk about social media, my relationship with social media, and how it can help and hurt people. Personally, I use social media to connect with people. It's the reason that the Sloppy Boys, Yoni Wolf, Lane Moore, and Jamil Lemieux could come onto my show. It's how I push out all the content I work so hard to make, and it's how I maintain a public persona. And you're out of your mind if you think that my social media is a completely accurate portrayal of who I am and what I'm doing. I'm one of the few people that'll admit that to you. No one is as pretty as they are on Instagram. No one is as witty as they are through Twitter. And people's story content never shows the one third of the day where they're asleep or taking a shit. Social media is the world that we'd like people to see. It's the version of yourself that you'd like displayed. The average person is doing this subconsciously, and people like me, who rely on social media for personal advancement, use it to curate an image. My Instagram is a mix of fun pictures and the content I produce, which would lead you to believe that I'm crazy and edgy, but professional and well-connected. That's the whole thing I'm going for, because it matches my the tone of my podcast and the tone of the things I say and do. It'll allows me to be seen as someone that you'd want to get a drink with, but also someone that if you got a drink with would have some interesting shit to say. Is there truth to the image that I'm trying to convey? Sure. 
That's because my brand is a little more authentic than most. At no point am I pretending or manipulating who I am as a person. I'm just shooting for continuity and a consistent message to try to attract people to the shit that I'm doing. It's absolutely my least favorite part of the process, but I've got to be honest. Brands, influencers, and people of all walks of life post for a reason. It's wedding season. Look at me and my husband. It's election season. Vote for Bernie Sanders. My podcast is coming out. Here's a music video. We are all adults here. Internet etiquette has changed. In 2008, people would just post willy-nilly without really thinking about what they're doing. Nowadays, things are definitely different. Internet companies, apps, and websites have become some of the largest corporations on earth. Data is being weaponized against people, and most people don't even know what that means because they're not media literate. Here are a few basic tips for media literacy to help the people of 2020. One. Ask yourself, where is this information coming from? And I don't just mean who is the author or who is the presenter, which is often important because many news corporations have lobbyists and oil tycoon executives come and write op-eds about why um, the Green New Deal or any type of climate change reform is bad or how climate change is fake. But beyond the person telling you the information is often the company financing the information. This goes for websites, television, YouTube videos, or tweets. Two, look at the hyperlink. People will create websites that look and sound like real news sources, but then when you look at the link, it will be crammed with random words or letters. So it may appear that you're on WashingtonPost.com, but the URL will read something like WashingtonPropes.com. And third, do not just trust the algorithms. If you passively accept everything that YouTube, TikTok, or Google shows you, you will end up being fed the most extreme content possible. The algorithms that control social media on the back end are meant to boost engagement and participation for the purpose of feeding you digital ads. The sole purpose for all of the media that you consume are the advertisements. Tweets and Twitter are just the spoon used to feed you sweet, sweet sponsored posts and sponsored content. Similarly, the only reason a newspaper or CNN or Fox News, American Idol, or the NFL exists is to be a big spoon to feed you brands and advertisements and their products and services. That's why the NFL is on Fox, ABC, NBC, CBS, instead of on a subscription-based commercial-free service that just shows you football games. It's about the corporations first, then the media product second, then I guess like the employees third, and then like the consumers last. I, I don't know. Lastly, if you do not view media as a delivery method for advertisements, you start to confuse it for reality. In this next interview, we talked to Marilyn Spirit Level, a woman who believes that the earth is flat. I met her at the Girard Avenue Street Festival with my friend Scott Boaches, who you may recognize from last season. She is very confused about reality and is the perfect example of what I'm talking about. Okay, so uh, what is your name? Marilyn Spirit Level is my YouTube channel. Okay, and is that your name? Marilyn, I'll call Marilyn, you. yeah, that's it. So, okay. Um, so, you are walking around the Gerard Street Festival where I'm interviewing for, for my show. The, my show's called 2100. Okay. We're leaving behind uh, the thoughts and ideas of the present for the people of the future to understand and listen to. This is right up your alley. So talk to me about what you got going on right here. Well, I've been doing this for two years doing now. Doing what? I walk around and I teach the evidence of the flat earth. 
So, what, so the people of the year 2100 who may not know about the Flat Earth, what is the Flat Earth theory? The Flat Earth, it's not a theory, it's actually real. Okay. I've been studying it two and a half years. So uh, it's like a pizza, North Pole's in the center, Antarctica's the crust, it goes around. And what's beyond that, we don't know. The government might know because they go down there and have religious ceremonies. But we, the average common people, don't know that. What type of religious ceremonies? I would like to know that myself. They aren't talking. So what are they doing down there? I don't know. But the thing to know is there's no curvature. You know, a ball, a globe, no matter what shape, if it's a ball shape, it's got to have a, a spherical geometry dictates you have to have a formula. So the formula is eight inches times a mile squared. So I can't find any curvature anywhere. I would love for somebody to show me where there's curvature. I went to down to Wildwood. I took a P1000 camera and I was videotaping Atlantic City and I got streetlights at night. That's 32.6 miles away. Atlantic City should have been down beyond the horizon, 681 feet. That's like a 68-story building. But we have longer photographs than that. We have infrared photography, 1,200 freaking miles. So where's the curvature? That's what I want to know. Being able to see uh, the Chicago uh, skyline over the Great Lakes. Yeah, I have a picture on the other side of that. Yeah, I do. So what led you down your flat earth research? Well, I I didn't go looking for it. I, I was on YouTube and it just kept popping up. And I said, this is crazy. Who would even think of that? It's some kind of, you know... Did you watch YouTube a lot? Um, no, you just on there doing studying of different topics. Is that how you... It, it, before the Flat Earth stuff, were you really interested in YouTube? I think YouTube has a lot of good stuff on it. I really do. Because they're the common average people putting it out, not the government. The government writes the textbooks, and you don't I agree. know... I agree. That's, that's the kind of premise of our story, yeah. is that we're speaking for ourselves to yes. the year 2100. Yes, you And not letting to. the powers that be yes. uh, speak for us. And my, my banner said, the schools censor the evidence. And if you see all those texts, all those books written I there... I see, I see, and, and they don't put them in the schools. And I, I think it's horrible. We ought to have the truth. The truth will set us free. Um, what... How does it help to tell people that the earth is flat? What What is the end goal of your work? The major thing is that the government's not telling us the truth. And once you figure that out, that the earth is flat, then you're going to say, well, what else are they lying to us about? Well, I, I think we can both agree that the government lies to us about plenty. A lot. But why this? Why this? I think it's the biggest lie they've ever told. It, it like, encompasses everything. Once you figure out the very ground you stand on, they're telling us a lie about, then you will never trust them again about anything. Okay, I, I don't want to, I don't necessarily agree with anything. That's because you never looked into it. I have, no, 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 don't get combative. Don't get combative, I'm being oh, I'm nice. Not, you, 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 you jumped. I have looked at it. I've, I've, I know a decent amount about Flat Earth. What? You know who Kyrie Irving is? Yeah, but he doesn't, he didn't really teach you anything. No, he's just a supporter. He is a supporter. So I will teach you a couple of things. No, I, I, I don't think, no offense, and this might sound rude, I don't think you can. Uh, I don't right. think that this is science. I have a brochure, and there's... I, I will give you a brochure a chance, and I'm there not being go. rude. I'm just saying that I don't think that this is... I don't think what you're doing is bad. I don't think it's harmful. So do what you want. Right. But I don't necessarily agree. Even if you don't accept it, just looking into it makes you smarter. 
And may I say something to you? And I don't want to, it's not about Flat Earth. It's about uh, media in the year 2019, 2018. I work in media. I'm a, a producer, a writer. I'm completely independent, self-funded, uh, so I have no leanings. Um, but I learned a lot about how, like, algorithms and the internet works. And what you're talking about with YouTube is something a lot of other people talk about, not just with Flat Earth, but right-wing and left-wing no, radicalizations. Not just, no, not that. The algorithms are meant to feed you more and more extreme content to elicit a reaction. Oh. So you were getting fed more and more Flat Earth because you were engaging with it more often, and it kept to feeding you that information. So They used to give us all that kind of, but now they censor it. They do, I mean, they do, yeah. they do, because uh, now they they find it dangerous or. Well, un- my dad was a math teacher, so I'm pretty smart. I, I and I can figure this out. I'm not calling you dumb. I'm not saying I'm not trying to. Be no, dumb. I didn't say that. But yeah. I'm not afraid to look at this and say, "Holy cow, this is." They've been so lying. You've done to all us. the things with the lasers. You've done the laser tests. I've seen the laser tests, and. Uh, I'll say to you what I bet a bunch of other people have said to you is that the curvature, it's too long of a distance to see, and I know that you're not going to And the properties of water. What about the properties of water? Water's always flat on the top. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It's in constant and perpetual motion, given the appearance that it is. No, it's in constant motion. The ocean, the lakes, in what? The the, the top of the water's surface is not always flat or smooth in any sense. Water at rest is flat. On the top. Can yes. I say that? Yes. Like All right. We, I love when we agree. With yes. that's good. Yes. Okay. And the other thing is that uh, oh, curvature, water. There was something I was going to say. It's fine. And, There's yeah. But uh, do, do you have anything to say to the people of the year two thousand one hundred? Yeah, test it for yourself. Always go out and make sure you test things for yourself. Don't take anybody's word for it. I think we can agree about this sentiment that you should test things for yourselves. But thank you for coming on. And what's your name? Jason. Stay passionate. My podcast is called 2100. Give it a listen. It's very insightful. Very good. Thank you. That song is Slopheads by the Sloppy Boys. Maryland spirit level is the most extreme example of a very common problem. Most of the listeners have their own version of Flat Earth that consumes them. Now more than ever, you need to be critical of yourself and what you believe in or else you end up believing whatever you're told. 
I grew up in a bipartisan household. One parent's a Democrat, the other parent's a Republican. We would constantly talk about politics and debate over ideas. Most people don't grow up this way. They grow up in a liberal house or a conservative house. An in-person echo chamber that they are filled with beliefs and aren't critical of themselves because loved ones instilled those views into them and then they favorited tweets about those beliefs like Facebook posts about those beliefs, Google words associated to those beliefs, and continue to feed into their interconnected social media algorithm. Tiny little data points about who they are and what they believe. Then companies like Facebook collect the data. They then sell that data to data collecting companies who in return examine and find new uses for the data. These data points are connected to your emails, usernames, and devices and follow you using cookies and backdoor agreements between huge companies. Companies use this data to develop psychographics about who you are and what you are most likely to interact with. Using that data and those psychographics you are fed. One, the content that you are most likely to interact with because it will provide them with more data. And two, advertisements based on what big tech companies think you are going to like or engage with. That ad revenue is used to get more data to charge higher prices for more ad revenue, to get more data to get more ad revenue. And in a self-serving economic cycle, it only gets worse and grows more out of hands. So if you grew up in a particularly right-wing household and liked a few things about George Bush, gun rights, and conservative politics on Facebook, Google, and Twitter, it is likely that you are being fed content that is pro-Trump and very conservative. And the inverse is true as well for liberals, communists, socialists, fascists, and everything in between, regardless of what country you're in. I can't stress how many countries have been affected by social media. Look at stuff like the Arab Spring Uprising, and, and that's that predates the Trump bullshit by like eight years. Companies like Facebook know what they're doing. For someone like me, there's a disgusting amount of data from 2008 to 2020 about who I am. There's data tracking me from puberty through adulthood. And that data is compared against people similar to me, which data companies like 4C, Blue Canonic, uh, Conversion Logic, Catalina Marketing, and Cambridge Analytica, who no one has ever fucking heard of, are filled with IT dorks and data analysts who don't think that what they're doing is destroying the world, running simulations about what people with data sets might do in the future. It's next level freak shit. I told this story on a previous episode, but I worked for a radio station that gave me unprecedented access to a psychotic amount of personal consumer data which I was allowed to sell. As a 22-year-old, I could access hundreds of pages of people's email addresses, phone numbers, home addresses, and track whether or not they clicked links or bought certain products and then sell that information to private companies at a marked-up rate making money for my company and some tiny commission for myself. As a 24-year-old, last week, I downloaded the personal data of more than 2,000 people straight from LinkedIn. Don't believe me? People of 2020, go on a desktop, go to LinkedIn, click on the picture yourself, then click on settings and privacy, then scroll down to get a copy of your data. Then there it is, the email addresses and phone numbers of every person you've ever met. The power of data, advertising, and in a way, any message is underrated by people who think that they are too smart to be influenced. Marketing doesn't work on me, they will say, while wearing Nike sneakers, texting on iPhones about how they'd love to Netflix and chill and get some Chipotle. Use my data however you want. 
they say, wasting another two hours in a YouTube or TikTok rabbit hole that they are going to regret. They say naive things like, I support Michael Bloomberg because he's the only person that can defeat Donald Trump in 2020. In 2020, it's common for people to say, I think my phone is listening to me because as soon as I say something, I receive an ad for it. In reality, the data that tech companies get based on the words that you type into Google, Facebook, or your emails provide so much data that companies don't even need to listen to your conversations. Google, Facebook, and Apple don't have to spy on you because you've already told them everything. Every song that you listen to on Spotify is another data point on an Excel sheet somewhere that is sold to another company so that Google can feed you tickets to a little Nas X concert. You've listened to him for 12 hours this week. Every and you've liked every Instagram picture that Little Nas X is tagged in, and you Googled the lyrics to the Panini remix, your phone doesn't need to hear you say Little Nas X and then feed you an ad. You've been telling your phone for three months that you like Lil Nas X and it's giving you what's best for business. And there's this in no way is me saying that uh, some of the machines don't listen to our conversations. I just need a little more proof before I start saying that. And and I'll, I'll, I'll give you some leeway. Amazon's Alexa 100% listens to you. And, and so does Siri. Like, use your brain. If your iPhone or Alexa is always listening to hear the phrase, Hey Siri or Alexa, so it can respond to you, that means it's always listening in general. Full stop. Ladies, non-binaries, and gentlemen, this right here is why I have guests, so I can scream and rant and rave, but then pivot to someone with less anger in their soul. Here is friend of the show, Andrea Lopez, talking about how posting and social media helped her get on television and what she has experienced in her life. Okay, this song right here remind me of my ex. I be declining all her calls and I'm responding to her texts. I be like, girl, hush your mouth. You know I ain't got time for them but six. She know I injured my right hand, so when I get behind, I use my left. She watched that walk of Texas range. Say I remind her of Nas X. I'm talking old town road. All my hoes down low. They like girls and I like girls three at a time, sometimes four. And in my back and not all hundreds and ain't no time, then I don't go. I be like, me. Don't you be a meanie, thought you wanted me to go Why you trying to keep me teeny now? Now they need me, number one no screaming No, they used to love me, so what happened, what's the meaning? I definitely think posting and social media in general has changed a lot of lives. I think it's definitely changed the way we go about our, our day-to-day lives. Like if we go to dinner or lunch and there's an Instagrammable food or Instagrammable wall, we just feel this annoying urge to take a picture in front of it or post a story. Same if like, you're going to a really cool art gallery, if you're ever experiencing a really fun time, you just want to share that fun time with your friends. You want people to know that you're out doing things. Is this healthy? I'm, I don't really know, but I do think it is beneficial if you're sharing a really cool thing that you want other people to go to. It's a great way to advertise an event, a great way to advertise your business, a podcast. So in that way, I definitely think there is a positive to social media. Uh, and I want to share actually my own story, which is that I was actually discovered through my comedy impression videos on my Instagram for a nationally televised show, which was NBC Bring the Funny. So that alone completely changed my career for the better. Um, today I posted actually going going with that, 
you know, talking about my career, I posted things on Instagram and I posted things on LinkedIn pictures. I was just at a audio voiceover job and I posted a picture of me in the audio booth. Um, I think social media is a great way to display new projects you're working on. You know, if a potential employer is checking your socials out, I think it'll look great if you are working on the craft and you're showing them that you're working in the media industry as hard as you can. So social media is definitely a great way to network, at least that I've found. Um, I think in the past, like back in high school and college, in my experience, social media was way more of an artsy outlet for people. And we definitely did not post as often as we do now. And, you know... speaking of artsy like if we saw something as simple as a daffodil you could just put a filter on it and post it and people would be like oh my god that's so beautiful that's so artsy so I think it's like totally changed now because now people can just do whatever they want with social media it can become this whole new platform for you to completely transform yourself or completely just do whatever you want with it which is I think either good or bad for the future I could see you know, it either going to the extremes. I think people could even, you know, go to the extremes of needing to go to therapy to stop using social media. I think people, you know, will get so addicted to the filters and the instant gratifications of like shares and comments. Or it could go completely the other way where people completely revolt against it and they just delete their social medias altogether. You know, they just like feel they need a detox. But overall, I do think social media can be a source of negativity when we start comparing ourselves or we're just not using it for the best things that we could. And if used correctly, I think it can hugely benefit our careers and our relationships, communicating with others. I've met so many people through just a simple direct message, you know, with potential employers. And I've actually gotten a text, you know, a DM back. And it's it's really been helpful. So social media is such a crazy, crazy topic to discuss because there's so many ups and downs with social media. But like I said, if used correctly, it can really, really benefit you and your life. Andrea Lopez, uh, Jefferson Dutton of the Sloppy Boys, the Sloppy Boys in general, Dylan Hale, Ashley Goyette, and Marilyn Spirit Level. Shout out to Marilyn Spirit Level. Um, to end this episode, I've got nothing written or scripted. Because I think I think what, what I really like about that episode that you just listened to is you heard the juxtaposition of fucking me ranting and raving about how it will kill everybody and... Jeff being a little sarcastic and then Andrea actually getting like she got booked on television because of social media and it brings different things into different people's lives. Social media makes me really sad when I'll see like just a regular like girl who's like a dental's assistant or whatever and or like a pharmaceutical assistant or something like trying to do like thought memes and seeing like just like average guys trying to like do do the internet thing just because people don't know how to act anymore. People, it's it's messed up our social interactions, kind of. Because before it used to be okay to be, like, curious about someone. You could be like, oh, I wonder what X is up to nowadays. And you used to not know. And then you used to run into that person eventually, like, years later. And you could reconnect and have a real conversation. But now there's none of that. Like... There was a a fifth year reunion or like a 10th year reunion for my high school graduation, something like that. 
And I was like, why the fuck would I go to that? I have all of these people on Instagram. I've literally been mainlining their entire lives for no reason because I have access to it. It's we've it's it's so strange. Uh, and you could use big words like panopticon and talk about how it's a surveillance state in the NSA, but. It, the NSA is inept. I don't believe in the NSA. I don't, I'm not scared of the fucking NSA. Like, uh, Jesus Christ. I, yeah, no, posting is, is lukewarm. It could get you a following the size of Salt Lake City, Utah, like Ashley Goyette. It could allow someone like, like me to get published in, in a newspaper just because I knew how to make the right connections over time. And it also can can unravel the fabric of society and disinform a generation of people. So, I guess it's bad. If I had to say anything, I would say that all of this is bad. I don't think the minor wins I've been able to get in my life are worth the overall um, disastrous level of fuckery that is taking place. But once again, this could just be growing pains. Like the social media and the algorithm shit and and the being irresponsible with, with data, that just could be irresponsible humans adapting to new technology and trying to gain as much capital on it as possible without fully thinking of the repercussions. Which is still bad. No, that's still bad. No, yeah, posting is bad. Social media is bad. I don't know why I'm trying to go around it. It, I just don't, it's not good to feel like you're doing a bad thing or feeding into a bad thing, which I am. I, I am a part of the problem. You are a part of the problem. This is the future. You know what? Or the present. Technically, it's the present, and to the people of 2100, it's the past. No, but I've arrived. Yeah, this is all bad. It's all bad. Um, There's no way around it. I can't sugarcoat it. <laughs> Thank you, and happy 2100, I guess. Friends, but a very important one, and it was scheduled to talk about the great things that we're doing with the Secretary on the Veterans Administration. First off, I would like to thank God Almighty for giving everybody so much and me so little. I hate you. I hate you. I don't even know you, and I hate your guts. I hope all the bad things in life happened to you and nobody else but you. And as I sip my soda that I'm sure that I'm somebody, somebody spit in, I just would like to say to all of you, kiss my ass, Bag dick suckers with ties when the fight for my future is right in my hands in the future of many youth. If I play my cards, can advance in genuine diamond over my mind. And we're gonna find this future. To go outside and play.